You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 233. But so what I kept doing to, to keep me going is I kept telling myself, why am I doing this? You know, so that's that's many thing. You got to figure out why you're doing it, and, and it's, it helps you stay focused. And another thing is I was doing my best not to follow the shiny object because there's many different ways to do it. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. Investor Grit presents Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. Welcome to another episode here on Wholesaling Inc. My name is Cody Hoffheim and I will be hosting today's episode and I'm super excited for this episode today as we share yet another student that has done their first deal and actually done really well on this assignment fee. So we're going to break that down. Now, for those of you that are new to Wholesaling Inc.'s podcast, first and foremost, I want to welcome you. And then secondly, so that you're understanding exactly what we're talking about, we're going to be talking about wholesaling real estate. Wholesaling is just simply the art of finding deeply discounted properties and then turn them for huge profits. Now, there's multiple ways when you exit for making that profit. It could be that some people want to fix and flip. It could be that some people want to keep them as a rental. It could be that someone just wants to simply assign it to a different investor that wants to fix and flip it. So we're going to be mainly focusing on how you can find these deeply discounted properties and then how you can turn them for huge profits through one of those strategies. Today, we'll be talking about one, how you just simply do like either a double close or an assignment. So today we have Mr. Percy Robertson from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he joined the tribe, what, about three months ago? Is that correct? That is correct. It's like the end of August. And you've already done your first deal, and here you are ready to just push forward. I always joke because I love Milwaukee. I've been there only uh, twice now. And the first time I went, I had to go through the Harley-Davidson Museum there because you guys are the home of Harley-Davidson. It started in that little shed and built up to be this massive museum there, which was pretty fun to do. So, Percy, my friend, fill us in. Help us understand a little bit more about you and really what got you into wholesaling. What were you doing prior or are you doing this part-time? Are you doing this full-time? Maybe let's start there, Percy. Are you doing this full-time or are you doing this part-time? I'm doing it full-time now. Full-time. What were you doing prior uh, to getting into wholesaling? uh, Actually, I'm a registered nurse as well. I do a psych nurse. Okay. Okay. And what got you into wholesaling, brother? Well, I've been doing real estate for a while since about 93. And um, I was a mortgage broker for about 10 years. And then I went through the recession as far as everybody else. And so I had to press reset and I had to go into something that that was recession-proof. And so I ended up going back to school to be a registered nurse. Okay. But I always um, love getting into real estate. So now is the time I did rest of the nurse for about five years or so. And I figured this is the time that I can get back into it. Nice, 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 nice. Well, perfect. Let's kind of go right into this and let's start talking. So again, those of you that are listening, Rhino Nation, here's something I need you to do right this second. I need you to pull out a pen and a piece of paper or whether you're digital and you want to do this on a laptop or whatever it may be, unless you're driving, I want you to be jotting down notes because these are going to be, there's going to be some action items to take. He's going to literally share step-by-step 
how he found a deeply discounted property, and then ultimately what he did to make a huge profit. So get ready, jot down these notes because this podcast will be of no value if you actually don't implement and take action. That's what we want from each one of you out there, especially those new to this. We want you to take massive, imperfect action. So Percy, let's go right to this. What is it, ultimately, what got you to find this deal? What kind of list were you going from? What uh, kind of marketing did you do to get this person to call into you? Uh, the first thing I did is uh, off the tax delinquent list, I was able to call down to the city and get a list. And then um, I got a name. I got like 22,000 names. And so smokes. then I had That's to- a big uh, number. Yeah, but I had to separate the, uh, the businesses from the um, personal. So what I did is I got a VA in order to separate them for me because I'm, I'm IT challenged. So and that stuff just <laughs> ready. I'm laughing because you were speaking my language. <laughs> and Me so um, and IT once they separated that list, ah, uh, terrible. I just get anxiety even talking about it. <laughs> and so uh, once they separated the list, I was able to um, send out the uh, the postcards uh-huh. from uh, was it the modern modern postcards? I think it's modern called postcard. Yeah. So, and so you uh, went through them and used so, the the postcard to send out. So that's your form of marketing is by sending a simple postcard that says something to the fact of interested in buying your house at one two three Main Street for a quick cash offer. Call this number, right? Right. Okay. I actually got some good responses. You know, with a couple appointments and um, ended up talking to this uh, one lady who wanted to get rid of her house. She was an older lady, and uh, she basically just got tired of um, the upkeep of her home. So she was looking for an uh, adult living facility to go into. And yeah. um, so once I went to that appointment, I could see by walking in the house that she was correct. She did not want to keep the, uh, discontinue the upkeep of the house. <laughs> it was very was evident there once all, you walk in. I was going to say, was there just to kind of help paint the picture? Because we come across people all the time that say, hey, I don't want this house anymore. But that could be a retail buyer saying this as well, saying or a retail seller, sorry, that's looking for the highest and best. So what was it about this? Like when you went in the home, was it like this perfectly immaculate house or was it like a deferred maintenance, like distressed property? Deferred maintenance, maintenance, uh, distressed property. And so once I walked in there, I kind of knew what kind of situation she was in and and, uh, what I was dealing with. Only my concern at that time is, um, you know, what was owed on the property and what she would uh, be willing to let it go for. Okay, so... Ultimately, you, you, you sit down in this home, you realize there's motivation, you can see that it's a distressed property with some deferred maintenance going on. So these are key notes, everyone listening right now. These are key things to be looking for. A lot of people getting into this, if you have a lack of a budget or lack of money to spend on postcards or marketing like Percy's talking about, you can simply go and drive around the neighborhoods and look for these homes. So this is a perfect setup for this to let you know that it's not the perfect homes. It's the ones that are distressed and and have deferred maintenance going on. So tell me what it was. Ultimately, what was it that got her to call you versus just, hey, simply list this with a real estate agent? Was it something that was, it's it's so distressed that typical loan couldn't even finance this because it was in such disrepair? Or is it more of the convenience factor? What did that look like? This is a situation that's the right place at the right time. Because she says she had got plenty of mailers but um, but the postcard that I had got her just happened to um, hit her at the right time. She decided to give me a call. So she never called any of the other ones back for whatever reason. So once I got there, I didn't even talk about buying her home. I just sat there and just talked with her for a while. We sat for about 20 minutes to half an hour before I even talked about the house or anything like that. My goodness, Percy, I'm going to keep putting you on hold because you're you literally are throwing out some liquid gold here. So 
this is something I want to recap. I'm writing down these good notes already. So first and foremost, you spent 20, 30 minutes building a relationship where you didn't even talk about the house. You were just simply sitting down with her, seeing a way that you could help her out, just seeing, talking to her, not talking about the home. And then 30 minutes into this, now you're finally talking about the home. What did that look like? At this point, did she just really like you? Tell me the whole method behind it. Well, by the end of the conversation, she ended up liking me because uh, at the, um, the appointment, I actually brought my daughter with me. My daughter, she's a 19-year-old, so I kind of wanted her to know what I do and to kind of get the, the game herself. So I had my daughter with me and just kind of explained to her you know, what I was trying to do. But in the midst of the conversation, she pretty much divulged everything. So I really didn't have a whole lot of questions. She was pretty much telling me everything as far as um, she's older. And even when she bought the house, she never really wanted the house and wants the responsibility of having a house. And now that she's older, her kids are gone. So she's ready to get rid of it. And as you can see, I need some plumbing. I need this done. She started running down everything what she needs and that she doesn't want to fix. And then uh, her um, a tree had fell on her garage and she had troubles with the insurance company. They didn't want to pay for it. And they told her that um, the garage wasn't included with the insurance for the house. And so I was like, that's pretty strange. Pretty much everything is included. So I basically just let her get it all out and rant. So I just was listening. I really didn't have to say much because by the end of the conversation, she pretty much told me everything. So at yeah. that time, I'm just thinking, well, how much do you own? And so I'm formulating questions based off of what she told me so far. So I was like, I'll just wait and then um, we'll get to, to my questions later. And then um, by that time, like I said, we, I, by the time I built a rapport and have my daughter there, she started talking to her because... She had a granddaughter that's about the same age. So they started talking. I just sat back and just let her go and just took notes, mental notes while she's talking. Cool, cool, cool. So, hey, I love that uh, as a dad that you involve your daughter. I think this is cool to just see, hey, this is what daddy does. I think that is absolutely awesome. There's nothing better. And I think it's so unique that you're bringing your daughter on this because it, it helps them realize there's an entrepreneurial side that I think a lot of the school systems aren't teaching that. They're teaching more of like how you go work for someone where this is something that you're opening your mind to a whole new world, which I just think is, I got to commend you as a dad. Right. I think that's, that's absolutely amazing. So when you do this, you were talking to her. Ultimately, when you're looking at this home, what was the neighborhood, if, if this home was in perfect condition, what would this home essentially sell for if it was in perfect condition? Oh, about 70000 about 70,000. Okay. And so the reason I want this to understand is so that our, our listeners can really understand exactly what it is that we have to do, that you have to get it at a discount. And especially with all these deferred maintenance, all this uh, repairs that need to be under the home, even more so you can't pay 70 grand because that's what it's worth when it's fixed up. So ultimately, what were you able to put this home under contract for? I initially put it under contract for um, 25, 25,000. Okay. And then um, I hadn't, at this time, I hadn't, my cash buyers list wasn't the greatest. And I was still um, calling off Craigslist, trying to get as many people on my cash buyers list and just kind of probing the area, you know, what they go for. But luckily, there's a house right next door to hers that was up for sale for 70000 you know, with the same bedroom count and so on and so forth. So that gave me a nice idea, plus the feedback that I was getting and kind of let me know that it was um, about 70000 as well. And so in the midst of trying to get my cash buyers, list up, you know, so I was kind of, <laughs> kind of worried about that at first, but I was able to put on a contract for, um, 25,000. Yeah. So I knew I was in pretty good shape from the start. Her, and then ultimately you said initially is at that, did you have to renegotiate because you ended up putting under contract at a too high of a price or, or what did that end up looking like? Well, the first two people that came and looked at it, one of them gave me an offer 
at 29 and another one gave me an offer right at 25. And of course I'm like, well, at 25, that's not going to help me. So I was going to entertain the offer at, um, 29. But in order to do that, she knew the condition of her home. So I actually had a, a couple of contractors come by to take a look at it. So their feedback helped me out as well. So once I got the feedback from the contractors, I knew it was going to be a little bit more work. So then I just went back to her and talked to her about the work that was going to need to be done. So I had to call her back and tell her that I, you know, I'm going to need to cancel the contract. And so um, after I told her that, she was like, well, why do you need to cancel the contract? I'm like, well, from initially what we talked about, there's more work that needs to be done. So, but in order for me to do this, I'm going to need it, you know, to get that a little bit lower than the 25. And so then at that time, I just got quiet, let her sit on it for a while. And she's like, well, what do you need? I was like, well, you already know the garage needs to be done. So that's one of the things that uh, we need to talk about. Then I got quiet again, waited for a minute. She's like, well, well how much? I'm like, well... I'm not sure how much, but a garage that size, it could be anywhere from five to 8,000 to replace. But what I'm willing to do with you, if we can go half on it, then that'll help us out both. And then I think I still be able to do something as far as your house is concerned. And I got quiet again. She was able to, uh, to come back. She's like, well, I can go down to um, 21 or 22. I was like, well, tell you what. Then I got quiet for a while and just him and hauled. I was like, well, tell you what, if you do 22, you got a deal. So I was able to get it down to, um, to 22. And the good thing is, is actually maybe a day later, I had one more person go through that actually put in the offer for hire at um, 33,000. Okay. Uh, 33, I was able to take that offer at 33,000 and not even entertain one at 29. So it actually worked out in, in all areas. Okay. So here we are. You put a home ultimately under contract at 22,000. And then you said the offer ultimately. came in at 33, did you say? Correct. Okay. 33. And then was there anything associated with that? Did you have to pay any fees or did the end buyer have to pay the fees or what did that look like? What is, ultimately, I guess what I'm getting at is when everything was said and done, what did you end up making on this deal? I ended up making uh 9,500, but I had, it was actually a person in the middle. Cause when I went through the, um, finding a cash buyers off of Craigslist, I ended uh-huh. up in the midst of trying to get some information about the area. It was a guy that I met. It was a pretty good guy. We talked for a very long time. He actually found that in buyer for me. And so um, he got an, uh, an assignment fee off of that. And so that's how I went from the- um, Able to uh, give him a little bit. 33, 22. Okay. Right, exactly. Okay. So, so he would find that in buyer, but the, the in buyer ended up playing all the closing costs and everything. So he did an uh, assignment contract. Hey, Percy, you know what's coming, brother. Hold on one second. We got a victory bell, my friend. So $9,500, Percy, which I think is awesome. The fact of the matter is you've done this in three months, which is just incredible. Is this something that you're looking to, I mean, you are, you're still working right now, even as, as, a, as a registered nurse, right? Yeah, and because I, I can do staff. I pretty much can work if I accept a job. So it's, it's, at, it's at my discretion. Oh, perfect, perfect. So here you are, $9,500 richer in your bank account. What is your plan from here? Is it to scale this, grow this, get more marketing out, go on more appointments, or is it more of just just kind of stay consistent, do one deal here and there, or what does that look like for you? What does the future hold for you? Well, I plan to plan to scale. I actually um, just hired a, a VA from Upwork to do a, a lot of stuff. Virtual assistant that, for those that don't know what that is. So a virtual assistant, okay? Yeah. And what um, are they going to do I was for actually you? Work. They're going to talk to well, not talk to handle the Mailchimp and high rise and call rail and all of that stuff for me. Okay. And take okay. care of that so stuff and uh, get my cash buyer. Okay. Correct. Okay. So right. 
In closing, I always have two questions that I really love for each one of our listeners to know. And that is a recommendation for a good book that you've recently read and why you like that book so much. What would you say would be the book you would recommend that you've recently read and why would you love that book? Why would you recommend it? I actually went back to the basics. There's a a book called How Money Works. And uh, everyone thinks they know how money works, but um, I went and this is like a, a basically a book for dummies, so to speak, <laughs> how money works. Cause I've been hearing <laughs> a lot about crowdfunding lately. And I was like, what is this crowdfunding about? About So um, it's, it's by DK. Okay. It's by DK, how money works. So it's definitely, it's basically the facts visually explained. So it has a lot of pictures for me. So I took it back to elementary. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like exactly the level I need, my friend. Okay, perfect. But, but, um, so it teaches you the, how the money works and what you do with the money. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. Now, the but awesome- I basically throughout the go for process, it. Yep, I would say basically, it. I really been going through that um, the four spiritual laws of prosperity. Though I really been having that Such book right good. by my side and trying to stick to that. I just love the power of that abundant mindset that's taught in that book, and the power of tithing and what it does to a business. I love it for that reason. So, here's the golden question that a lot of people look for: is there's so many Percy that are on this other side listening to this episode. They maybe haven't even begun their journey in real estate. This might be even their first time even hearing about wholesaling. So knowing what you know now and looking backwards, usually it's a 2020 vision. What would you have done differently or what would you have done the same to give someone a quick tip gold nugget? Mainly, it's not too much I would have done differently because when you first start something out, obviously you have the uh, uh, the trepidation of can it work for you? But so what I kept doing to, to keep me going is kept telling myself why am I doing this? And, you know, so that's that's many thing. You got to figure out why you're doing it, and, and it's, it helps you stay focused. And another thing is I was doing my best not to follow the shiny object because there's many different ways to do it. And um, when you and I very very first talked, I had told you I was like I want somebody to tell me what to do and how to do it, and so I wouldn't have to think because if I start thinking, I'll get on YouTube and start going to many different <laughs> YouTube like, University. Quick. And then I'll then I, I won't do anything at all. So which are with those uh, following this by the T and not differentiating off of that, it definitely helps. So I definitely would awesome. keep the same. Stay focused. Don't follow the shiny object and know why you're doing it. Because my That's whole awesome. goal in doing this is I don't want to work for anybody else. <laughs> I want to work for myself. I want to put in the hard work. Fantastic. And I think there's so many that agree and want to get to that point or are at that point. So. Awesome stuff. Percy, I want to thank you personally. And if Tom was on this podcast, he'd be saying the exact same words. But thank you so much for joining us today and sharing how you did your first deal and ultimately how you got $9,500 payday. That's that's absolutely awesome. I'm excited for your future and excited to uh, catch up in the future to see how things continue to go for you. So thanks again, Percy. Not a problem. I appreciate you. Okay, Rhino Nation. This has been another awesome episode of just simple step-by-step processes that Percy took so that he could get his first deal that ended up being a phenomenal payday, $9,500. And this is something that each one of you can do. So if you're sitting there hesitant, you're sitting there thinking, oh, I don't know if I could do this. Listen to more of these episodes. That's all our podcast is dedicated to doing is just simply showing you step-by-step hundreds of people, how they're going through in all this great nation, finding deeply discounted properties and then turn them for huge profits. So if this podcast is just not enough. 
just go listen to more of them. They're going to teach you that you can do it. If these guys can do it, if Percy can do it, if Cody can do it, if Tom can do it, and all the other interviews that we've done, if they can do it, you guys can do it. It's just you got to take massive, imperfect action. And if you want, you can also hear those great stories at wholesalinginc.com. It's wholesalinginc.com. Click on the testimonials tab and you'll be able to see over a hundred videos of people sharing their story on how wholesaling is changing their life. And if you want help personally building your wholesaling business, just like Percy and countless others, you can definitely book a call from that website, talk to someone on our team, and we'll see if it is a good fit. And if so, let's rock and roll and let's get you going out there so you can wholesale your first deal. Take care, guys. God bless. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at InvestorGrit.com by joining the mailing list, as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe with your hosts, Tom Kroll and Cody Hoffheim. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.